We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. For the Vandals of Idaho. Welcome back. Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandal Affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and joining me today, we have the Professor Brian Marceau. How are you, Brad? Dude, it's the bye week, so I'm as relaxed as I can be. We're not going to lose, but we still have a lot of Vandal stuff to talk about, so I'm doing great. We're also not going to win, but Alex, the boat boatman, how the heck are you? Yeah, you know, uh, West Virginia plays Oklahoma this weekend, Chris. So that's how that's how I am. How did that, didn't you upsell us on the game last week? How'd that go? Jeez. I'm like, oh, I'm hey, no, all right, all right. We we beat we beat Virginia Tech. They were 15th in the country. Crowd was going crazy. We were up 27 to seven. We almost blow the lead. Could we be. have a goal line stand. We almost cooked it, actually. Yeah, we have a goal line stand in the last minute of the game from the four, fourth and goal with a fourth and goal. Stop them, get the ball back, take a knee. So beat number fifteen, Virginia Tech. Big game that takes our season from one and two in non-conference to two and one, and now we gonna play Oklahoma ABC primetime game of the week. Yeah, this is your second weekly installment of uh, what's Chris going asked. on, Mountaineers. Well, Starring you know, Alex Boatman and three spectators. They uh they pay they pay the bills. What can I say? Yeah, uh, and then running the show from the shadows, producer Dallas. How are you? I am doing all right. Uh Boatman's boys got West Ham over the weekend, but again, we expected that, so that is what it is. And I'm looking forward to this bye week. I'm hoping we don't lose it like we lost it in 2012. That game, I, that game was a pure insanity. Anyway, sorry, I was going insane. I want to stick off the rails again. Dallas was my strategy right last week of who do you want to win? Pick against who you want to win. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, uh, but Brian, it got pretty it, close. It was a. Uh, there was it. Honestly, for those who say soccer is boring, watch that game and tell me soccer is boring, and you will have a wild ride. Uh, yeah, so Dallas, I'm, I'm sorry, but it had to be Jesse Lingard. I, I had to be the former West Ham Loney stabbed me in the heart in the, what, 89th minute? Like, yeah. It's, I oh, it was that close, was it? Dang. I well, saw Chris, you guys chatting while I was driving. It got, even, it got even weirder, Chris. First of all, Ronaldo was denied two penalties, which then the Premier League came back and said after the fact should have both been penalties. So one, so it was 2-1, 89th minute. Then Ronaldo should have been given a penalty in the 91st minute. They go down and throw a cross into the box. Luke Shaw gets called for handball on VAR review by Mike Dean. He's, David Moyes subs on Mark Noble, who hasn't played a single touch in the game, to take the penalty, and De Gea saves it. Final kick of the game. Everybody knows the best referee with the last name Dean. It's Herb Dean. Oh, sorry. It, was my, it is, but it was actually Martin Atkinson. I, uh, I, but anyway... Uh. But anyway, the game just got completely crazy. I was going insane. Um, I yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Dallas, but I needed that win. Anyways, you won. You won too. You won too with your picks. So congrats. As you can tell, I I, I was in the uh, 
the woods uh, per se this weekend and the fact that I know just about nothing that happened this weekend. I did see Boise State lost. Alex Boatman, your plug for them only winning less than taking the under on nine games this year. Two down, two to go. Let's do it. I think it can happen. They can start one and six. Just saying. You look at their schedule, probably not going to happen. Wild. Anyways, um, where were we? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's time to, I guess we didn't do a live reaction for Oregon State uh, because just like our football team, this is just practice, baby. Practice. We talked about. We, we need to blame this on Dallas. There was an organized time to record, there was a live peer pressure online campaign. And somehow Dallas still couldn't do it. So, like, Chris, you're right. It is our offseason. But we can take a second to blame Dallas for this, right? Yeah. Just like yeah, we I can mean, play one whole quarterback Dallas. for a whole game in a quarterback competition. We can do it. Um, actually, we just blame me for everything from here on out. I, people, I'm okay people, with that. People wanted it. Cade Coffee texted me today and said, hey, did you guys do a live uh, post reaction? Dude, I said, I got, like, no. three <laughs> Instagram messages personally, not even on the Tubbs oh. account. Yeah. I was like – I, I don't – I'm in a car, or it's like midnight. I have no idea what's going on. Brian said they were doing it, but Dallas was late. I have no idea. But we're here now. We're here now. Let's pull some taps. Uh, I'm going to pull the first tap because this one is super freaking easy. I am under the permanent conclusion. Pour down. No argue. If hands, butts about it. This is 100% factual statement. Take it to the bank. Pac-12 Oregon. Sucks. ESPN Plus is better. I tried to rewatch this game so I'd have some takes for you guys. I got like some local Oregon news channels highlight reel. So I have no clue what's going on. So I'm going to pull the tap. What the hell happened at Corvallis, Brian? Man, what the hell happened at Corvallis? Um, it was not a game Vandal fans are going to want to remember. We're down 14-0 early. Uh, the rain did matter. In, in this game as well. This was to me uh, really a, a rougher showing for Idaho. The, the, the main thing that a lot of our listeners should probably take away from this is we did get to see CJ join with extended run against a team. Who's not Southern Utah team. Who's not Simon Frazier uh, box score is not fantastic. We're going to go a little bit further into this uh, in the quarterback thing in a minute, but broadly speaking, Idaho did have a couple of good drives early. Uh, we were looking like we might be competitive early. We And Paul was pretty aggressive, went for it on fourth down a few times in the first quarter, uh, went 0 for 3 on those. But none of them in my mind were egregious calls. It was the, it was the kind of game plan where if Idaho is going to win this game, we have to have some things go right. We're not going to be able to you know hold the ball just away from Oregon and, and do the Weaver State field, goal possession, field position thing and win this game. It didn't work out for Idaho early which might have been demoralizing because then um, you know, it was 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. And then uh, really after the first quarter, it was pretty rough for Idaho throughout the game. I know of all the our not out-of-conference games, this was probably the one that I was most happy to see end because I didn't see like a ton to take away from this. But also the rain mattered for Idaho, uh, particularly for playing C.J. Jordan. Uh, did get to see Hayden Hatton. Um, Wait, no, actually, Hayden, Hayden Hatton didn't play this game. Hayden Hatton played it against Indiana, so take that back. It was a rough day. That's how bad it was. I'm, for, I'm naming the wrong wide receiver. But, yeah, I mean, Dallas will probably have some more on this. Alex, you're going to have some, too. Really a rough way to close the non-conference season. I never thought I'd be happy to have a bye week, first week of conference play, but uh doesn't seem that bad right now, Alex. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to end up defaulting to you two mostly on this. I tried to watch some of it. I caught some of the first half. Um, it was right at the end of that West Virginia game, which I was I was at work, and I was able to watch some of it on my phone on a very much legal way. Um, but, yes, Chris, Pac-12, I'm going to go with Pac-12 Oregon sucks. The Pac-12 network sucks. Um, but I think we have hope in this. This is where my take's going to go. We have hope for the Pac-12 network because the n- new current commissioner of the Pac-12 knows the Pac-12 network sucks and knows Larry Scott sucked. Uh, so I think you'll probably end up seeing some better distribution from that eventually, Chris. That's my only hope for the Pac-12. Um, but anyway, um, we showed some good good moments here. Penalties killed us a lot in the first half. Um, you know, we're not catching a fourth down pass, things like that. Just little miscues. Um, maybe shooting ourselves in the foot again. We probably probably should have scored some points here. Like I, I think it wasn't unreasonable for us not to think we should have scored. We probably should have. Um, the rain, like Brian said, definitely played a factor, and I think that's why you saw um, Coach Petrino adjust to maybe playing CJ Moore and said, "Hey, we're going to run the ball and we're going to use our dual threat aspect, um, and we're, we don't want to mess around with the the wet weather." Because again, like I've pointed out last week. Rain would play a factor in this game. We have barely played in the rain in the last five years. Um, we've gotten pretty blessed with that. So, But we need to get used to it because we still do play in the big sky, and who knows what's going to come up. I'm just happy this is over. You know, we are not going to – we don't have to think about this the rest of the year. We get a whole week to recover. Um, and, you know, next year we're going to ride off into the sunset and go play uh, UC Davis, who is ranked in the top 10 in the FCS right now. Um, so that's fun. Uh, and uh, start saying goodbye to FBS paychecks because next year Indiana's our last one, folks, and that $1.2 million is going to taste so, so sweet. Yeah, yeah as a I think it's 1.3 next year. I think it went up 100000 Oh, well, great, because I thought it was 2.3 over two years, so I'll take 2.4 over two so, years. Yeah, I think it was 1.2, then 1.3 next year. So no Dallas will jump in. Just as a quick stat reference, guys, um, C.J. Jordan – Spent most time at quarterback, seven of sixteen for thirty-seven yards. That's not a typo. Um, it was just just rough. It was the game was not as bad as thirty-seven yards looks on paper. But when I say it was rough, I mean it, it was rough. We'll get in details later. Uh, Jordan also, but he, CJ Jordan led us in rushing yards, uh, seventy-one yards on fourteen attempts. Did look pretty effective running the ball. Some of those were broken plays. Some of those were not broken plays. That does some of those were were draws exactly scripted up. But uh, Dallas. We we were communicating through this game. Um, first half, first quarter seemed promising, and then how'd it go for you? I mean, after that, it was disaster. Um, I I'm going to echo a lot of the things that that you and Boatman have already said. the The rain was obviously a huge factor. Uh, once it started coming down, it didn't look like Idaho really knew how to handle it, and obviously with Seven of sixteen from from CJ. That's that's what happens when you're throwing in the rain for the first time in a a long time. Um, but I, it's tough. Uh, Indiana, I thought was a very good team, and it was you know, no shame that we looked like we didn't belong there. Uh, Indiana is one and two on the season. Idaho's their only win, but their two losses are to two teams currently ranked in the top ten. So in the top ten of the FBS, that is so take that with a grain of salt when you look at it we're like I, indiana was only one and two that's why oregon state i i honestly thought we were going to come into this and it was going to be at least a little bit more competitive we were going to see idaho at least score we were going to see glimpses of of success and things that that made me feel good about this team but 
I didn't see anything to to make me feel better. Um, honestly, I we'll talk about quarterbacks, so I don't want to I don't want to get into that too much. But honestly, I thought the play calling was pretty bad. Um, you know, it's second and long, and we're running the ball right up the middle against the Pac-12 school. Like that's that's not going to do anything. Maybe that's going to work in big sky play. But what are we learning when we're trying to just stuff the ball up the up the gut on second and nine and second and ten? What that's not going to do anything for us. Um, so that was frustrating to see. Uh, I thought CJ got ba- bailed out by some penalties, uh, three or four 15 yarders, if I remember correctly. So that was really what kept drives going were penalties from Oregon state. And you can't, you can't sit and think that that's going to continue in big sky play that you're going to get bailed out of drives. I just didn't see a, drives being sustained. The defense was getting destroyed by Oregon State's passing attack. I mean, you can see how many different receivers they had catch passes there. It's like the old air raid from from Leach, where if you don't have eight receivers, you can comfortably play. You don't have enough. It, it just I didn't see anything in this game that that made me feel confident about this team, and and that's what stinks. We all kind of looked at this as Oregon State's not Indiana. We might get some positive takeaways. I had nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Hey, shout out real quick to a couple Idaho legends, Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren, uh, calling the offenses on the other side of the ball uh, for, the, for the Beavers. Brian Lindgren, of course, uh, one of Idaho's more successful quarterbacks at the FBS level in the last 25 years. And Jonathan Smith, of course, was the quarterback's coach during our bowl win in 2009. Um, and I, I, Dallas, I'm just going to kind of piggyback here real quick. Um, yeah, I think it is more concerning. We didn't show up better against Oregon State. Like, don't let – Indiana was a good team last year, right? I'm trying to compare some apples to oranges here potentially, but Indiana was a great team last year. Um, went 6-2, and two, I believe. You know, played Ohio State tough in their conference play. Indiana isn't a great team this year relatively to last year. Like, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback, or Michael Penix Jr., like as Dallas likes to say, um, hasn't been great. Even against us, their offense wasn't – that spectacular blowing you out of the water. Um, but still, I, I, if I would think if I was to see a Vegas line, I would still say Indiana versus Oregon state. Indiana is probably favored by around a touchdown. So put that into your minds of where do you think Indiana is versus Oregon state? We should have showed up better versus Oregon state than we did Indiana. Um, we eliminated those special teams plays that we had talked about that was really hammering home about from Oregon, from Indiana. Right. So I think it's more concerning that we didn't end up, putting up points or keeping this game slightly closer. Um, but Oregon State isn't a terrible Pac-12 team. Um, I can probably name three teams worse than the Pac-12, but they're going to probably push for a bowl game uh, this year. So not terrible, but they're not the cream of the crop. Pac-12 looks pretty bad. They could be the second best team in the Pac-12 All by right. the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, Oregon State's no Arizona. We know that. No, they're not Arizona, and they're or not Washington. Washington apparently, hey, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, it'd be the most Washington thing of all time to probably kill Cal this weekend and just be terrible. A lot of the stats love Washington anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, Oregon State could finish third in the Pac-12 North. They could finish fifth. Like they're not a terrible team, guys. Like, but I still think Indiana would probably be a touchdown favorite in a, in a neutral field. All right. I, I, like I said, zero takes. I caught zero of this game because Pac 12 Oregon, it turns out if you're not in Oregon to have, I think I flashed across the screen, have an illegal streaming service at your office. I see that correctly from one of our listeners, uh, for our watchers, I guess, for those listening. Uh, 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to get. I tried. I did try. But everybody in Utah is like, hey, do you know anywhere I can get Pac-12 Oregon? They're like, no, we get Pac-12 like Mountain or whatever the heck Colorado and Utah are. But so, yeah, I got nothing. So I will I will pass the tap to Mr. Marceau for our next tap. No, I really want to just double down talking about ESPN Plus for you, Chris. But we'll we'll jump to the next. Uh... I, I did hear. Were there some hiccups at a couple games this weekend? I heard Montana State might have had some troubles. And then oh, somebody yeah, it, else. It, it, it happens, but I think that's more of a feed to the system kind of thing. I think that's just going to happen when you broadcast. No, like, actually, I don't know, 60 I, ga- like 70 games on ESPN. Plus. I take that back. I did get to watch Western Illinois versus Eastern Washington. That game was garbage. I, oh, the Western Illinois announcers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Western Illinois has a very nice high school facility. And I mean that in comparison to Eastern Washington. But uh, no reason I was bringing that up, Chris, is I, I actually just love how ESPN Plus is because now I bounce between Big Sky games all the time because it's easy and it archives and just anyway, and- it, is, it is not important at all. But Chris, you've been you've talked about a bunch, so let's throw it back to you, ESPN Plus. Yeah, and I will say I learned a little life hack here recently that I don't know if we've shared. I don't have Apple products, but if you yep yeah that's what to say Apple TV Apple TV Apple- you can throw four of them up at one time. Yep. I, I do so- this. I did that. I did that all last year. I was at home on Saturdays, right, in Seattle watching ball. Tur- pull out the iPad, the laptop, and then the Apple TV, and you can get like six games going at once. Yeah. Get the Apple Me- TV. It's worth it just for the th- yeah, four split screen on, on the Chris is here. Phone, his Surface Pro 3, his two monitors, and then I have a TV right here, and this is Chris. So I'm getting an Apple TV to save my neck when I'm 80. Well, wait, we have now we have a follow up question for Boatman. I'm not trying to annihilate our discussion thread that we planned, but uh, That's fine. Alex, how many did I guess I need you to explain what's the benefit of having West Virginia up six different times instead of just once? You know, I mean, I gotta keep track of my dogs, I gotta see Boise State lose, uh, see Washington State lose as well after they everyone thought they're gonna be crowned champions of beating USC, even though USC's plane wants to Who fail. Said that? Five blocks from my house. Awazu fans thought they were amazing after they're oh, up on USC. I let's let's think they would. Let's be real, Chris. Come on now. We all we all know enough Wazoo fans. Um, but yet, I mean, I mean, Brian, back when I was a uh, not working in college athletics, I, I had to like a little action here and there. So it was beneficial at the time, uh, especially when you're 20 games deep on a Saturday. No, dude, you're right. And in terms of WSU, they're just not ready to take their shot, are they? But uh, <laughs> jumping back to the second half, guys, uh, so we easy. can fin- so we can wrap up Oregon State. Uh, we-, we did get to see. I referenced it earlier. Uh, we did get to see the CJ Jordan game. Um, Stat wise, it was not great. I can tell you, it, what he looked like it was a young guy who needs to play more. There are the mistakes you'd expect from a young guy. And if Vandal fans have to remember, look when. Uh, Nate Enderley was a freshman. Nate Enderley was drafted. His he was not great. Uh, Man, Matt, Lin- yeah, Matt Linehan's freshman, not great. So I mean, if look, if we're going to have a freshman play a lot against good teams, we're going to have some rough nights. But passing, question- passing yard leader at Montana for single game, Chad Challenge, first game, not great. Exactly. Uh, this is just the reality of being a young quarterback and playing good teams. Not everyone's Southern Utah, uh, by the way, mercifully, not everyone's Southern Utah. But uh, Alex. We all, we all had this discussion a thousand mm-hmm. times, but uh, this yep. isn't a this is a question I'm not asking right now for the Paul Petrino theory because we all are essentially united in that we fi- a lot of us figured Beaudry's probably going to be the guy who keep who wins the job based off of who Paul is being conservative. But this is a question for you about 
who in your mind won the job? Because I, I'm pretty sure people have a strong opinion right now about who, who won. Yeah, I'm going to say Beaudry, Beaudry's won the job in my mind, and, and here's why. Beaudry in the spring season was completing 59% of his passes in three games this year. Um, against work against two power five opponents, he's completing 65% of his passes. He's gotten more efficient. CJ, meanwhile, I mean, no knock on the kid. Like he's completing between the spring season last year and this season, he's completing 51% of his passes. You know, he, he brings that more dynamic aspect of being able to run the ball. Yes. But um, against a lesser opponent, when we played, um, so, uh, who are they? Simon Frazier. Bojie ran the ball plenty too. Like he, he is not unathletic he's not cj athletic but he has shown us that against a lesser opponent he will try to run the ball as well so he's not as dynamic um i just don't know if cj is fully ready yet and i don't know if it's fair to the kid of saying trial by fire here go have fun um there are still expectations for this team even if you know we get rated 11th in the big sky power rankings poll right or things like that like there's still a semi-expectation is we need to win um like coach petrino needs to win for his for not for his job, but essentially, like we've talked about his contract situation, guys. He's getting here near the end. We get we're getting in the dead spot of you were new where you 30, go. 2022. 2023. He had that extension. Nah, he had a stupid rollover. But still, so this is this is the last year you generally roll in the coach coach's contracts for recruiting reasons, right? Um CJ's dynamic, but I think Beaudry has shown that he's gotten more efficient. Um, he didn't take a lot of sacks versus Indiana. I don't know what he's done wrong to lose this job if he was already coming into it as the winner from the spring. I think it's going to be, and, and here's my and here's my final take on this. It's Beaudry's won the job, but guess what? CJ is going to be right there, and if you start sucking at all or it starts going bad, I won't hesitate to put CJ in, and I think that's where we're going to be at. It's CJ, still be ready. You didn't lose this job. It's get better, keep preparing, because you might end up playing. I, I, I think Paul might pull the trigger on it if things ever get bad, right? Or if Beaudry's struggling. Um, but I think Beaudry has won this job. I don't see a reason why he hasn't. I guess I'm up next. Is that the way? We, yeah, yeah, right? Boat, me, Chris, Brian. Yeah. So I would have to say the same thing. I think Beaudry won the job much for the same things that Boatman just said. Uh, Beaudry, even if you just look at the numbers, uh, Beaudry, obviously, 65% of the passes didn't have an interception. He played well against big, big, big five opponents. Um, like there are uh, <laughs> big 10 and Pac 12 opponents. Um, the power five, he actually looked pretty good. Um, I personally would put CJ in and let him grow because I think a lot of what we saw was growing pains. I think he needs just he needs time i think you could accelerate that development if you stick him in now and and let him go you also could ruin him if you put him out there and he's getting hit a bunch he's completing 40 percent of his passes uh, so i patrino being who he is i am expecting Beaudry is going to win this job um i'm parroting much of the same things boatman said here but i i would not be surprised to see cj jordan even maybe three games in uh because we are looking at you're not going to have a coach on his, his dead year of his contract. He's looking to find a way to keep this job. I'm assuming he, he's not looking for this contract to be up and go somewhere else. He's looking to keep being the coach of the Idaho Vandals. 
if Beaudry is struggling or the team is struggling, how do you do you pitch that in the future? As we're year three in the big sky, have zero success to show for it. If this year starts off the way that we're all kind of predicting that it's not going to be great, how do you pitch the the future is going to be better? You pitch that with CJ Jordan. So I think Beaudry is going to win it, but I do think there's a short leash there. If this team starts to struggle, I think we start seeing CJ play a whole lot more. I just can't believe Dallas. You don't think that USC is going to be coming calling for Paul and or Bobby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my take on this, right. I didn't get to see the CJ game. So for me, this is like kind of eerie. You know, I feel like when I talked to these gentlemen here last Tuesday, everybody was on, on the Jordan, Jordan wagon. And now everyone's on the, the Beaudry bus. Um, so I don't know what I missed. Right. Cause PAC 12 Oregon sucks, but uh, I feel weird because I'm the guy who is the most defending a Beaudry for a while. And I still think it's CJ Jordan because one, we're probably going to see them both anyways. Unfortunately, I don't think any of this is going to be over, over. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see, we might have a not quarterback competition for like two weeks. And I think we're going to ride this out pretty much the rest of the year. Um, But I agree kind of with what Dallas said, like at this point, let them grow. Um, I don't know. Like looking at the stats, I get that Beaudry did look good in his last two games. Um, but and I didn't get to see what happened against Oregon State. But it's just hard for me. Like I said, I think we know what this team is going to be with Beaudry at the helm. Um, and I think if we want a higher ceiling, CJ Jordan provides the possibility of a higher ceiling. So I'm willing to risk it to go. And like I said, Paul might be in a contract year uh, in terms of like next year is the year he has to negotiate a new contract. If he may, you know, it doesn't get fired with one year left. I think he's got to kind of win now. And I'm not sure four wins is going to do it for him. So there might be a little fire, I guess in that case to make sure whoever can win more now, I'm not convinced Beaudry is going to get any more wins than CJ Jordan. So you might as well go with CJ. Brian. One Chris, I just got, I just got a highlight. It feels like, so like whatever happened that uh whatever percentage of the martin sunshine that you have just died at or uh, at uh at weber state so that's okay uh, no dude I'm, I'm with you in that i want i think cj jordan's a much more exciting prospect and i think when all of us see him play we see the we see the arm strength we see the mobility we see all the boxes checked of a guy who could be very good but in terms of performing Beaudry was more steady uh, through his two starts. I mean, he Beaudry threw more passes in two through for more passing yards in two series against Oregon state than CJ did through the rest of the game. So like Alex said, I don't see what, I don't exactly see what Mike did to lose the job. He's going to have to keep uh, completing passes at 66, 67% because he just is not accurate enough deep. So he, he, he has to complete a ton of those short passes, which uh, if we're talking about CJ, Chris, we're not worried about that because CJ can uh, more accurately stretch the field. But I, I guess I, I think it'll be the least surprising thing in the world when we see Mike Beaudry take the first team snaps or you know go, go out as a starter against UC Davis. But um, I expect the clock will be ticking because really, if Paul's understanding this is when now, I completely get him. Uh, throwing Mike in. I, I don't think it's the right long-term call necessarily, but I, I also think the if the season goes off the rails, meaning like if we lose to Portland State homecoming, 
uh, we better see CJ out there pretty quick because uh, if we don't win early in the Big Sky, our season's done. I yeah, think that's I mean, a fair thing. yeah, I think yeah. we maybe ride with Beaudry, see if we can pull off something yeah. against UC Davis and Portland State, and if you don't, and the season's basically a scrap heap, I think you're right. That's where you move on to yeah. the future. And sorry, Mike, unfortunate timing, but you know we got to look out for 2022 Idaho and 2022 Idaho. Unless Giovanni McCoy takes a huge step forward, it's going to be CJ Jordan. I mean, I, I kind of want to wrap this up here. I, I think we're giving we're giving Beaudry a bad rap here. I mean, so far through three games um, and pretty much similar amount of game times he played last season, he's taken, a, a, in my opinion, a decent step forward. You incle- increase your completion percentage up to the mid-60s, and you don't throw any picks against Oregon State and Indiana while seeing significant number of reps. That's great efficiency. If, if we see that Mike Beaudry – in this at the start of big sky play like vandal fans feel feel pretty okay with where we're at because that's all you can really ask for is a more efficient quarterback who takes care of the ball and completes more of his passes yes it's not as exciting he doesn't he might not have his higher completion percentage downfield we question some of his decision making sometime but i'm saying from a stats aspect alone that's not bad that's a good that's a good improvement from you know three four games in the spring to now to up your completion percentage from the high 50s to the mid 60s when you get to this high high level of quarterback play, that's that's like massive gains, right? Like that's not like you're going like that's only six percent. It's like that means a lot over the course of a game. Um, so if, if if I'm just saying if if he does see this high completion percentage, keeps not throwing interceptions, we're probably in an okay spot, and I'd expect to keep seeing him until otherwise. And it's going to be CJ, be ready, prepare like you're going to play because I think it's going to be a short leash. So hopefully that makes Bozier prepare even harder and play even better. Yeah, sorry, I've got a double dip too. And this just because I interviewed Paul. Now, you can also understand going with Beaudry if you truly think, hey, he just need to improve his accuracy a bit, and he did. But then against Big Sky play, Paul said the new re- new receivers are faster than we'd had previously. And he thinks that will matter in Beaudry's short passes turning into long plays, yards after the catch. So, I mean, Dogs, you are right. If Paul may be right that what we need is more speed at receiver, and we got it. And now if Beaudry. He has to stay that accurate that as he was in the OOC. But, I mean, you, you're correct. If he is that that accurate through the season, and if Therese Trainer, Makai Stevenson are as good as Paul thinks they can be, that could be enough to push Idaho over that step that we couldn't take during the spring. Quick question. Step, step, I mean, like, you're winning five games, five, six games, right? You're not, like, you're maybe competing in some games you might not have. Like, no, we're not talking about, like, a nine-win team. We're talking about you're trying to push for that 500 mark. I've got a, I got a queso dip. It's in a question dip. Uh, since I missed this game, did Hayden Hatton play against Oregon State? Okay. Because I can say I just closed the stats, but I did notice. I was going to say, is this maybe more of a C.J. Jordan likes Therese Trainer versus Beaudry likes Hayden Hatton? Kind of thing, but if Hayden had didn't play, then that that's not a trend. I just noticed no catches, and Trainer seemed to have the majority of the targets, which was also kind of the case, I believe, when CJ played against Simon Frazier. He seemed to lean more towards Trainer mm-hmm. as well. So thought I was picking up on something, but nope, that's what you get when you don't watch a game. You <laughs> make stupid takes that are immediately shut down. Uh, Bowman, I think it's your tap. Yeah, I, I think we can kind of wrap up big sky out of conference play um, here for us on the pod and what a non-conference it's been for the big sky. Um, You know, we've seen multiple FBS wins, including Northern Arizona, just beating Arizona, which we did not see that coming whatsoever. Um, You know, it's kind of hear from you guys. How, how would you grade 
the big sky overall and how each team performed in their out-of-conference schedule. Dallas? So I'll start with Idaho because that feels like that kind of just goes with what we're going with. Um, I would have to give Idaho a D. Uh, I don't think we saw much out of the Vandals. We saw the pasting of Simon Frazier, 68-0. to zero. Simon Frazier looked like a glorified high school team. Uh, no offense to our lovely listeners from the former clan. Uh, and then we got beat to shit by Idaho and or by Indiana and Oregon State. I don't think there's a whole lot we learned. I wanted to see more. I, I would have liked to have seen some sort of competition out of Idaho against Indiana or Oregon State. We saw plenty of FCS upsets. I Not that I think Idaho has the, the talent or more so the coaching to beat Indiana or Oregon State. I would have liked to have seen us be a little bit more competitive. So I'd give a D. Yeah, for me, I'm going to stick with Idaho here first. We'll probably just go around and do everybody else second. Um, for me, like, I'm just going to throw some numbers at people that hopefully can just settle everybody the flip down. 56 to 6 and 56 to 6. Those are our 2016 out of conference scores against Washington and Washington State. We went on to have our best season. We've had in a long, long time in 2016. Like, just because we got blown out by teams we were supposed to lose to does not mean we can't turn it around. Now, that game or that season was very turned around, pivoted on that overtime win down in Sam Boyd Stadium in uh, Las Vegas. That's kind of what we have coming up here with UC Davis. That game is going to be very pivotal, pivotal to where we're going. And yes, it is going to be against, depending on the result against Weber State this week. Still probably a top 15, if not a top 16 in the FCS. So, like, everyone just needs to kind of like pump the brakes. We're exactly where every single one of us had us at one and two going into this with a zero and three start. And I saw some or, or basically zero and zero going into our playoff resume. Like, that's where I just like I saw a bunch of people like flipping out like, oh, Petrino call it practice. I'm like, well, like, we all said the same thing when the season started. Like, yeah, it sucks. We got our butts kicked two weeks in a row and we have a bye week this week. So it's going to be three weeks, of just butt kicking taste. And we might have a butt kicking on deck from UC Davis, but like just breathe a little bit, everybody like our 2016 season started almost identical to this. Like we'll be fine. Maybe probably, but like, let's not take anything away from these first three games. Cause there's nothing to take away. So I'm going to destroy the initial rotation we had of Dallas gives a D Chris gives a C. Notice those letter matching. Brian's not going to give a B. Um, although Boat, will he go with the B for Boat or A for Alex? We'll see. Um, I'm going to give us an incomplete because I'm, I'm just saying now in comparison to other teams, we have no FCS games to really gauge us. Chris is right. We we did it in a little bit more dramatic fashion than we all wish, but we killed the team we should have killed. We got killed by the teams that are better than us based off being FBS. I don't think we learned a lot from Idaho. Other than I think, you know, you can probably presume at this point you shouldn't think we're as good as someone like Montana, at, but that's about it because we don't have enough evidence. That's what an incomplete is to me. So might be a pass the buck, but my way of trying to calm us down is saying, look, like, again, the tenor sucks because it, it's awful to score zero points. 
but I just don't know if we've learned anything about this Idaho team yet to differentiate us from Portland State or Sacramento State or Northern Colorado or, hey, Idaho State, who we'll talk about, who had a not-so-great OOC schedule as well. But for us, it was kind of um, – it was a structure because we eventually will get to play some of those awful FCS teams to pad those wins for the playoffs, but we're not there yet. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say I'll just go with a C. I mean, you know, we passed. We didn't see too many. We didn't see big injuries. Guys got reps. Um, we all kind of have an idea of who we think is probably gonna be the quarterback. Um, so what we got out of is what we got out of it. We got some money. Got that green check. Uh, hopefully, uh, Indiana and Oregon State's ca- checks cash. And uh, that's all that really matters. Um, but I will say, um, before we wrap up Idaho out of conference, guys, this is the last time uh, we have a D2 team on our schedule as of right now. Okay. Fixed so, it. Vandal fans, our schedule kind of gets a little more sim- simple. We're going to start seeing a formula next year is a little different. We still have to play two power five in Indiana and Washington State. Um, but you're going to start seeing a formula of a team like Drake or Dixie State. So, an out of conference FCS. Um, a group of five team in the Mountain West, yeah, and then San Jose, yeah, and then a Pac-12 team. So you're going to start seeing, which is all what we've pretty much been clamoring for, pretty much is an out of conference FCS. We'd love to see two out of conference FCSs, but we know that's not going to happen. We just have to get some money here. But I mean, last time we played an out of conference Mountain West team, it got pretty close. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's hell of a lot better than playing, you know, uh, Indiana, who was ranked 33rd in the country when we played them. So. Just wanted to f- wrap up my Idaho out of conference take yeah. with that. I've got I got two soapbox preaches real quick for Boatman's thing. One, if you want to see more FCS games, like he said, we got to make money. So when Drake comes to town next year, go to that game in the dome because if we're selling those games out, they're going to schedule them, and we won't need these money games as much. So just keep that in mind when like you're bagging on stuff. Is like. We've got to make up the lost revenue and ticket revenue for us to schedule two FCS games. So just keep that in mind. And the second thing is like, people have to remember, we get crapped on by a lot of the big sky for this and our own fan base. Our schedule is a result of us making the drop. We lost games because teams had already scheduled us. Now they had two FCS teams on the books. And which FCS team are you more likely to take? The one you just agreed to pay 1 million plus or the team you're paying 300 grand. So a lot Actually, of those teams dropped us. And so we had to f- scramble to fill. And that's how we have like D2 games. So like, just keep that in mind. It's not like we wanted, this is how our grand scheme to go to the FCS was. It was not perfect. It never was going to be perfect. It looks like we've got it figured out going forward. Now just don't screw it up athletic department after I gave you a raving review, please. Um, I mean, so technically we still count as an FBS game um, for the team for Indiana because we were scheduled as an FBS team when they signed that contract. And that's an internal thing um, that the NCAA gave them a waiver on and their own conference because our conference for a while is not allowing FCS games. Um, but we count as an FCS game for Oregon State, for Washington State, because we scheduled them as an FCS team. It little, gets a little weird with tricking contracts. Um, revenue is not that great. Even if we host Drake, we actually lose money every time we have a home game because you got to pay staff. Um, donate more. That's more beneficial uh, because there's no cost associated with it. So go to games, donate more, and that helps uh, helps with some money there. But uh, yeah, it's 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 good to finally just see. Um, and 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 this and this stemmed from and this stemmed from. Um, well, no, no, it stemmed from you know 
we always our athletic department would love to schedule out of conference FCS games, but when we had to play two body bag games, Petrino was saying, guys, like I need a win. I need a game where I can like know I'm gonna win and also play guys and see some things and not have to worry about it just going going crazy. And that's fair. And that's and that and that was just a statement of the drop down. But hey, looks like we're past that. We're getting some stability out of conference. Happy to move on uh to whoever's next. I think we just need, you know, I'm just going to go next. And we, we know what the order is after that. Oh, I thought it was uh, Dallas. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, yeah. I think we're, we're off the tracks again. Here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude, we're off the train. Um, you know That's what? I'm, yeah, I'm going to gray, going to jump in grade a team that I think is at least kind of interesting for us. Uh, Idaho State. Idaho State plays Nevada, FBS good, and North Dakota, FCS good. And gets destroyed both games uh, to the point that I was wondering, like, okay, was Idaho State looking frisky in the spring? Is that fool's gold? Because they happen to get to play, you know, teams like Northern Arizona, Southern Utah more. And I'm going to give Idaho State uh, a D. Want to give them an F, but they yeah. played two good teams. But I have no faith. Coulter talked about on our show a while back. We're always going to bring this up. What matters is not necessarily that teams win but that your fans believe you're going to win. And after this OOC, I've got no faith in Idaho State. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree there. Um, no, they're not they're not playing two pack a Pac-12 and a Big 12, a Big 10 team. They're playing a Mountain West and a Missouri Valley team who we saw in conference play a couple years ago. Dallas? So I'm going to do a little bit of life producing here. Do we want to give a grade for every single team? Do we all want to pick our own teams? Mm. How are we feeling tonight? I feel like we're already at 44 minutes. If we grade every team, <laughs> it might be each, a long person, Each person, let's just go down the list. I'll go next after after Brian. I'll just pick a team and grade them. Um, Perfect. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Oh man, who do I want to pick? Let's go with uh, Portland State. I'm going to give them. Uh, the top five team in the FCS or in the big sky. Sorry. I'm going to give them um, probably, I'm going to give them a D they did not look good versus a D two team. Um, and they lost their two uh, um, FBS games, but they did not look good versus Western Oregon. And guys real quick, Bruce Barnum. Did you have how many beers you on the hook for? $14,000 worth over 2000 beers. So props to the Vikings of getting out there and breaking boot. That's like a third of his paycheck. So he needs to be careful. Yeah, I did like the Portland State Athletic Department put out like a he's good for his word with like a receipt, but you could tell it's totally a Photoshop doctored receipt. Like it's a graphic. And I'm like, like, I'm still not convinced that wasn't just the athletic department saying they'd buy it. And like, if it's we throw Bruce Barnum behind, like, he didn't buy that. There's no way until I actually see Bruce Barnum holding a receipt with like his name on a card. That was totally a Portland State thing. But great marketing, great marketing. It worked. All right. Who's next? Who's putting a team? There we go. I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to bank the easiest one I've I can think of. Uh, I'm going to go with UC Davis, our upcoming mm-hmm. opponents. Uh, I would you. give this an A plus. They beat an FBS team on the road, and they're undefeated. If they'd lost to San Diego or Dixie State, we'd be having a different conversation. But a good FBS pounded, team too. That's not a they bad pounded FBS the, team. Exactly. They pounded the two crappy FCS schools that that they were expected to, to pound. And then they went on the road and beat a very good group of five team. Mm-hmm. A, A plus even. Let's go A plus. 
Well, I w- I was gonna take UC Davis, so you totally stole mine. Uh, I Chris, agree you, with you. I know who you have to go with. You were on them all year by the out of conference win, so you, you just gotta take them and get on your soapbox. Oh, Montana? No, I'm not. Nope, I've got a different one. I'm giving an F to Northern Arizona. I know this is weird. This is weird. You're like, what? They just beat Arizona. But they also got their tushes kicked by South Dakota, who ain't going to make the playoffs this year or is a miracle to make the playoffs this year. They got their butt kicked by Sam Houston. No shame in that. They got to host them. That's kind of good. And then you go and you beat Arizona. As far as the playoff resume goes, after out of conference and beating a power five opponent, they are still negative 0.5. Because how we've been told is FBS wins count as like 1.5 and losses count as zero. Same as how D2 wins count as zero. But those two FCS losses, not being able to take care of business against the FCS, but then pulling off a miracle upset against the power five, you're still net negative in terms of the playoff committee, which is just like, Take care of business against South Dakota State or South Dakota, a game they probably should have been in. And this is a whole different story. You know, they're plus two and a half instead, or, or I guess one and a half. But uh, yeah, pulling off the win against Arizona probably feels good. I doubt it does anything for recruiting. Uh, and at the end of the day, they're still in a terrible spot to make the playoffs. They basically have an 0 and 2 playoff resume. I'm going to go with one one more team that I, I'm curious what everyone else says. We all know Montana is an A. Like they, they went 3-0. They have three playoff wins. Great for them. We all know Eastern and Montana State both picked up two playoff wins, so they're probably pretty mm. high. Weber State, guys, how are we feeling about the Wildcats? Some of us here uh, did not ex- – I did not pick Weber State to win the league in my preseason poll. And Weber State is down a starting quarterback. They picked up – a single win against Dixie looked pretty dang bad against James Madison, who is good, but Weber thinks they're good too. I'm going to, I'm going to call this a D plus guys. I think this went about as rough for Weber as it possibly could. Cosign. I feel like this is one of those where they're exactly where I kind of thought they were. Um, I mean, yeah, I thought maybe they could beat James Madison, but like, it's kind of like Idaho at the end of the day, they weren't beating Utah. They actually look competitive in it for a while, which also doesn't count for anything. Just like how if you look at the James Madison score, that score is not reflective of how bad they got their butts kicked. So, like, it goes both ways, and then they beat an in-state rival in Dixie. Like, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, D-plus might be a little harsh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at worst, it's a C because they're just exactly – they're right where we thought they would be. They probably aren't better than James Madison, especially without their quarterback. Uh, i tell you what. After that game, I sure as heck don't want to see UC Davis on my schedule. Like, yeah, it's not a good time to be a Wildcat, but out of conference schedule, see, right, right where most people would have predicted them, I think. Well, if all, we're all throwing letters on this, I'm going to go C minus just to split the gap. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick a team here, and this might be, it's kind of an interesting take. Eastern. I'm actually going to give them a C plus, and here's why, right? You're going to see that win over UNLV. It's an FBS team. UNLV is a dog crap team. Like they are a Sagarin rankings, they are like a bottom five to ten FBS team. Don't get that twisted. In reality, Eastern probably should have handled them better in terms. Of, like they they almost blew that game. That's that's not great composure there from the Eagles at the very end. They took care of Central Washington. Not surprised. Then that Western Illinois game, 
At one point, I checked the score. It was 62 to 26. I look back at 62 to 56. I go, what the F happened? Western Illinois is not a good football team, guys. Like these guys would finish near the bottom in the Big Sky every year. We made a joke about them last week. They're the Big Sky's doormat in Missouri Valley play. Like, you know, on paper, they're going to look 3 and 0, but it's going, I, they should have handled UNLV better. They almost gave it up. They almost cooked it versus Western Illinois. I mean, come on. Like, that, that's not that's not clean football and maybe a little worrisome. You can't make afford to make those mistakes against Montana on ESPN2 on a, on a Saturday night on primetime on, on ESPN2. You can't do that. So maybe a little more worrisome, I think, for the Eagles than people might realize. So I'm giving them a C plus. Like, they still went 3-0, but, you know, I see Patrick saying we took our foot off the gas. You can't do that. You just you, like you take your foot off the gas, you lose a game. It'll, it'll happen. It'll come back to bite you in the butt. I've seen it happen plenty of times. Like on kind of my fiery take on Eastern. Yeah, Eastern was up fifty six to twenty one at halftime and almost lost. Like we yes. in our group chat, we thought Eastern was going to lose this game. Western Illinois is not good. UNLV is not good. I'm still going to give them a B because they picked up two wins for the playoffs. They didn't really move where I think they are necessarily in the conference. But if I'm a fan, I understand being excited about this team. And Eric Berrier looked unbelievable that first half against Western yeah. Illinois. Second I think it's going to be a, it's gonna be a li- live or die by Eric Berrier, like watching a Ravens game with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give Eastern a quick little like B on this. I mean, they they won their game. They got to like be the opener for Allegiant Stadium for UNLV with fans. That's pretty cool. Central Washington isn't their fault. That's Jacksonville State's fault. They pulled out of that game, which I'm sorry, Eastern fans, like quit crapping on Jacksonville State. The fact that they left you to play Florida State and then beat Florida State for that bigger payday, I'm sorry. They Jacksonville They're the State real made, winners. They made the right decision. I, yeah. I know it sucks for you, but JSU made the right decision. So I'm not going to punish you for Central Washington. That is a thrown together with months to do it game. That you get it. And then Western Illinois. Yeah, they suck. I think Central Washington would have beat them. Like Central Washington's probably a better win than Western Illinois, even though it doesn't count as one. Uh, but yeah, Western Illinois bad. Good. I mean, B. Like it sucks you had them. They probably should have beat UNLV better. You kind of stumbled against Western Illinois, but at the end of the day, stats are the stats. That's WWW. You're three and and you're logged on to the internet. All right, we're going to pull the plug on this, and let's move ahead. We're at the 50-minute mark, guys. Let's move ahead to uh, watching the TV. But first, Chris, do you have some words for mm-hmm. our listeners? Well, uh, real quick, are we doing Are we doing some conference no. room live or no? No, this is where Alex does his ad read of West Virginia Alumni Association. You can come me a call, 304-293-8632. Huge River Expedition. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture in the largest protected wilderness in the continent of the United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river of no return, the salmon river canyons, or the subway. You can even check out special trips like the one to see the Perside Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, and soak in beautiful natural hot springs. Take in history all along the river's edge. You also got to fish some of the most remote stretches of the river in the country. You bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Huge River Expeditions has been 
standalone and operated since 1976. We're going to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Find out what it's like to grab, paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Watching the TV, a.k.a. Around the Big Sky. Uh, standings, because that's, that's what's most important. I know everyone's wondering. Uh, holy smokes, is that is this added right? I think there's some some addition errors here. There's no way I Unfortunately, this is added four. right. <laughs> Apparently, I went seven and four last week. Shoot, uh, twenty six and eight for me, putting me in last place. Twenty, yeah, twenty six and eight, putting me in last place. Dallas went nine and two, putting him at twenty eight and six, which ties in with Boatman, who went nine and two last week for twenty eight and six. And Brian cushions his lead to two games, nine and two last week. Uh, and this is kind of like. It gets really tight here. I mean, at this point, Brian, with a two-game lead going into the conference play, should not relinquish this. But uh, we'll see. All right, I'll start, and then we'll go Dallas, Boatman, Brian. Cal Poly at Montana, Montana. Yeah, Montana. Boatman? Oh, I blanked. Uh, Yeah, Montana, big, yeah. Montana's going to walk all over Cal Poly. The thing I'm hoping for is fingers crossed. The the win is rough enough that uh, Bo Baldwin may be looking for a new job soon. Uh, next up, Sac State at Idaho State. Uh, Dallas, preemptive. Sac State sucks. Idaho State. Wow. I'm going Sac State. Oh, okay, Chris, with so much conviction there, Sac State's actually only ranked behind UNLV by one in the Sagarin rankings. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Sac State. They're still better than Idaho State. Dude, they struggled with Dixie, who we just saw two teams in the conference absolutely bushwhack. Well, North, North Dakota made Idaho State look a D2 team. North Dakota is a top 25 team in the FCS. They're top 10 in so, some people's polls. Okay, so here's the thing with Sac State. I'm picking Sac State to win this game. Uh, Sacramento State struggled to score initially. They looked pretty good against Cal. I mean, they hung 30 points on a Pac-12 team, so that's solid. Sac State defensively has looked strong. That's That was part of why they made the playoffs two years ago is they, they annihilated teams defensively. I got no faith in Idaho State yet. I already said it. Sac State. Wow. Uh Next up, Northern Arizona at Northern Colorado. I think this is a rivalry. Maybe not. But uh, Northern Colorado, a little bit of a letdown last week. While NAU had a pick-me-up, I think that was a one-week flop around. I'm picking the Bears. Yeah, no co for me. I I don't know. Sagarin rankings actually puts Northern Arizona ahead of Northern Colorado, and I find that really intriguing. That's happened when you beat one Power 5 team but lose the two FCS teams. Yeah, but there's a lot more that gets cooked into that than just that win. I'll go Northern Colorado, you know. I'm trying to chase down both. I'm anxious about this because we don't know if Dylan McCaffrey's playing. uh, uh, Connor Mack, I think that was his name. uh, Connor Martin, hashtag R. Martin, looked pretty bad uh, last week against Lamar. I can't pick Northern Arizona. I mean, uh, fool's gold, Northern Colorado wins. Even though the, the long grass at Greeley has gone. It's devastating. I've it 6,000 times, but it's gone. All right. Hey, give me Northern Arizona, then Dallas. I got Chase. I mean, I mean it's, a, it's a chaser's bet. I think this is closer to 50-50 game. I got to chase, chase Brian here. But the, that, that, That's why we put Brian at the end is so that people can't pick purposely against Brian. But uh, And also, Chris, you, got, you have visited a lot of big sky teams. 
you can tell us about that fearsome environment in Greeley, right? Uh, the long grass of Greeley is the fiercest place north of Denver and south of Fort Collins. I don't know south if that's even geographically solid. I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Good to me. Yeah. Well, who, now we're who knows? It's from... in the middle of nowhere. It could be. It could not be. Now, Chris, the next game needs an intro. We're talking about the game of the week, right? Yeah, I was surprised once again. This one's all – it seems like we might be going all one way. I think somebody is underestimating the mighty Bobcats against the top five. <laughs> Portland State Vikings with their absolutely puckered up and loaded fan base still feeling a seven-day hangover from Bruce Barnum's beer garden. Uh you know, I actually think this game, if there was a, a team that should be on upset watch this week, because I think Sac State and Idaho State are more similar. Uh, I actually think Montana State, because once again, we haven't really seen them. The two FCS teams they did play are actually in Sagarin ranked lower than Central Washington. So they are bad teams. I don't think this is proven that McKay can play and that Vegan can coach. This game is going to be more of a telltale there. And we've seen what their rival Montana did to them in the spring. So it's going to be a little uh, – this game has a little bit more interest than just your regular first conference game. That being said, I, I do think the Bobcats win this one. But don't be surprised if it's, like, a little creepy. I'm going to say Portland State is already looking ahead to their matchup next week against the Mighty Vandals. And Montana State's going to crush them. Yeah. Yeah, no, no look ahead spot here for the Bobcats. They get no co at home the following week, so it's not like they have a big team after. And it's not raining in Portland. It's supposed to be eighty three and sunny. If it was gonna be like a weird dreary game, like some more factors, I just think it's too clean of a a slate. Uh, I gotta go with the Bobcats. I'm going with the Bobcats, but Chris is right. Uh, Matt McKay is one of the new quarterbacks who didn't play in the spring. He's at sixty seven percent completion percentage right now against not very good teams and Wyoming. Montana State wins because they're just too physically imposing. But Chris is right. That, that is a thing to watch, Matt McKay, against a solid, a solid okay FCS team. Uh, Eastern Washington at Southern Utah. I can see this being like exactly a duplicate of Western Illinois and being like 21-21 at the end of the first quarter and then like 67-21 at the end of the game for Eagles, obviously. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Aaron Best is going to make that mistake again of taking the foot off the gas. This is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, Eagles will roll here. The more interesting question is how many Eagle drops are going to take place in this game. Seventeen. Uh, yeah, Southern Utah looked relatively frisky against uh, against Tarleton State. Justin Miller did look like a good quarterback again. So not spring wasn't fool's gold with him, but Eastern is going to win this game. Uh, next up, kind of, I guess probably the game of the week, UC Davis at Weber State. Uh, I don't know. I don't have FCS stats pulled in front of me, but I'm going to go guessing number 12 versus number nine. That seems about where these two teams probably sit. Um, this one's tough. Like, if Bronson Barron was playing, I'd take Weber. But I've been high on UC Davis all year. That said, I did think Weber was going to win the conference. But I think I had UC Davis number two, maybe number three. I think UC Davis is a better team right now. I'll take the Aggies. Mm. So just pulling up the coaches poll, UC Davis is 10, Weber State is 15. Uh, off the stats perform, UC Davis is 12, Weber is 14. If you look at the Sagarin rankings, UC Davis is 1-1-2 and Weber State is 1-1-5. So very, very close here. 
give me Weber State at home in a in a close mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to go Weber State as well, and it's mainly because they can't afford to lose this game. Like if they if they lose this game, they're they're not making the playoffs. Because wow. the, only, the only reason I'm saying why, Chris, is because they still have to play Eastern and Montana State. Like there's a good chance here that this Weber State team could end up seven and four, six and five if they lose this game. And if they end up seven and four, there could be, especially with these new conferences, and there's there's less at large bids this year. You know. Like we were sick of on the outside looking in, they have to win this game, and I think, I think that kind of make them play super tight. Um, and let U Davis has nothing to lose; they're feeling riding high, right? They did not think they'd be here three and zero. So it could make U Davis play nothing to lose, or feel like play. I mean, I don't know; it can go either way. But I'm gonna go Weber State. They need the game more. Um, they're gonna go, and I guess Dallas changed my pick back to Noco. Chris is right; I can't cheat the system, um, even though he's done that before a couple weeks ago. All right, final final ruling, no co. No co, yep, yep. Uh, and then closes out, Mr. Lead Dog. Sorry, I'm, I'm just keeping tally of Alex jumping back and forth. But uh, yeah, it's one look, of those days. UC Davis almost beat Weber State in the spring when both teams were spring-level full health. Hunter Rodriguez looks much better right now than he did during the spring. Only averaged about 188 yards per game passing in the spring. So far, he's at 253 yards per game. I got it. And Weber State looks vulnerable, man. They can. I just think we're at the point where they're they don't give themselves enough margin for error. And I don't know their defense is good. I don't know if it's like top five in the FCS good anymore. So I'm going to go Davis and Weber is in a tailspin that their fans should love because maybe it means Jay Hill stays another year. Hmm. Silver silver lining. If Whittingham gets fired, he's not staying another year. He won't get fired. They can't fire Kyle, Chris. They cannot fire Kyle Winningham. He's like I was Gary. Just Patter. in Utah this weekend, man, and they were not very happy with that San Diego State game. Yeah, but they're not going to fire Kyle Winningham. He's like Gary Patterson. They just will never get rid of him, no matter how bad they are. Their quarterback just quit three weeks into the season. Well, technically, he's not the quarterback anymore. He got benched <laughs> midway through that game for a much better quarterback. So it's the guys like the guy, the guy like runs runs Utah football like. He'll never like they they can't do any better than Kyle Whittingham. I'm just gonna put that out there. Utah will never do any better than Kyle Whittingham. So they well, I can't believe I missed the actual point I should have touched on. Weber stays in an identity crisis because how do you replace the goat Jake Constantine? They still don't how have we, an answer there. They how still have we got this far without mentioning that? I don't know. You know, it is sad that this is actually 100% a joke. Oh, my God, I cut peppers for dinner, and rubbing my eye was a terrible idea. Uh, we got this far into the show, but or, like, this this little skit we've got going. And yet, Brian, sadly, is correct. They have never actually moved past Jake Constantine. They had more success with the legend Jake Constantine than they've had without the legend Jake Constantine. So maybe when people thought we were crapping on Jake, Secretly, we were just trying to make sure everyone was aware of his importance and greatness. All right. I think it's time to close the bar. Uh, that's it. I guess, yeah, we don't have anything else to talk about. We'll bye week. We hopefully will have an episode of Colby. Hold Cove. on. Oh, oh, we've got West Ham Manchester oh. United take two. Oh, tomorrow, we do. Which is actually, I thought if that you're listening to this on podcast life. services, this game has already happened. This is being recorded on Tuesday, Games Wednesday podcast. But we're on li- we're, we're on live, so people, this is it's in the yeah, world. Listeners, yeah. I think we, right. yeah. Let's pick it. Uh, yeah. 
EFL Cup. Good luck. Godspeed. Can we go on the record that my strategy of asking Dallas who he wants to win, just picking opposite, absolutely worked? Yeah, but I mean, he's going to still say West Ham every time, except this time I don't know what the right answer is. What He's always going to say he wants West Ham, but what the right answer is? I'm going to double down. What I'm going last. Dallas, whoever you want to win, I got the opposite. <laughs> what were you trying to say there, Chris? Are we in the what, – what round are we in, Boatman? Uh, three. So these can still be draws, and then you'd play a second game, right? We're not going to PKs. No, no. The EFL Cup PKs. goes straight to PKs. So are we, I'm saying we so pick we over can't nine. Pick a draw. We can pick a draw because it does classify as a draw. You can pick a draw if it goes to PKs. That's how it gets graded as a bet. That's how it gets graded as a bet. I don't yeah, like the rules. One, okay, but one team's going to win in PKs, so we're not oh. picking draw. Executive decision, we're not picking draws on this show. Uh Ooh. How would I pick the draw? I'm I'm gonna go with Manchester United. I think they'll be able to better rotate the squad than West Ham will, and I think West Ham went more for it in the Premier League standings than they're going to in the AFL Cup. So I will go Man U this week. I guess Dallas has a Dallas has a th- Dallas. I can go next, so you can think on it because this is actually a thinker. Um, Mikel Antonio, West Ham striker, did not play the weekend. He was suspended. He is not suspended this weekend. Um, he is their only striker. It definitely hurt them not having him. Mm-hmm. United is going to rotate their squad heavily. You're not going to see Varane. Uh, you might see Harry Maguire because he plays every freaking game possible. Um, you're going to United has struggled in games like this. Uh, last year they played West Ham in a FA Cup game. I want to say, and it took literally 80 minutes to break them down. And West Ham sat behind the ball. Like this game does have PKs written all over it to me, um, but I'm a Manchester United fan, so I'm gonna have to go with Manchester United. So, uh, but West Ham has a chance here. Like this is gonna be, it's gonna be a weirdly frisky game. It is gonna be a weird game. Uh, I think West Ham is notoriously don't really care about the cup games, but this this year feels different to me. Uh, maybe it's because this is the year I'm paying attention, but. Uh, there's been all this chatter about Declan Rice and is he going to get shipped off somewhere for a huge yes. payday next to us next year? God, I hope not. 70 uh, million pounds. I'll pay it right uh, now. I know. I know the guys. And maybe I'll feel better about it. Well, Anyways, I think West Ham is going to go for this much more than they have in, in previous years. You're going to see something close to the first team. I, I think West Ham has it. Ooh, unless I'll say, but also West Ham is playing European competition as well, which they normally don't do. So they're not used to midweek games. Um, so David Moyes might just say, screw this game. I want to win my Europa League group. And they have a decent chance with the Europa League this year. This is a weird game. Yes. Brian. So Dallas wants West Ham to win, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever is not West Ham playing, and by the way, uh, viewers, that, that was my mom who want, who's a huge Tubbs of the Club loyalist. She wanted to just sneak in uh, on the recording, say hi. We talked about it, mom. We we got to book you as a guest. You need to know the teams you're talking about. But anyway, that's my family saying hi, guys. Hey, when you are a Patreon member, like your mother is, you get to make cameo appearances if you would like to make cameo appearances patreon.com backslash tubs at the club uh idea let us know i thought of this would our current patreons we'll contact you in our little private group be interested in having a slack channel with us where on game day 
you can kind of communicate with us about how the game is going. I heard that's something people do, and I think that'd be a cool like idea a, and a benefit. So, like uh, a tubs, like a tubs Discord. I'm part of a yep. some Patreon Discords. Yeah, like a Discord, and then like we'll just talk game day stuff, or you know, periodically throughout the week with our loyal patrons. Anyways, I guess that was closing the bar. Support us on Patreon.com. It really means a lot. We're trying to get some big things going for you. You probably notice our website's under a little bit of a remodel, like a lot of remodels. Sometimes you rip down a wall and you find some problems, and uh, we're solving the inner wall problems before oh we put God, the plasterboard so back accurate, up. Chris. That's killing me. <laughs> Wait, we got to so get a quick shout-out to Dallas's artwork, and I know I we have to end this quick. Dallas, in case viewers and listeners don't know, has been drawing the logos of the team we play in paint by mouse, by hand, whatever you want to call it. And it's going both better and worse than you'd guess. Uh, if you check out tubsoftheclub.com, you can see a clearly asymmetrical, not quite maple leaf for Simon Fraser. The, the Oregon State logo is really not that bad at all. The IU is just the, the IU logo is adorably asymmetric, Dallas. Uh, that, that is fantastic. I know it's so bad. Yeah. Why is the eye? Why is the one side of the eye off like bigger than the bottom and the other side? Like, you know what it looks like is so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Raphael had size. That looks like it is supposed to be st- size stabbing into someone, and the, like the tops are not eyes and use That's blood trickling. This one isn't bad, actually. Like, if you like just caught a glimpse of it, you'd be like, "That's their logo, right?" Like, that's a pretty complicated logo. Shark fin beaver. Yeah. Uh, cool story, uh, real quick. Weber State Weekly guy uh, Sean gave me this cool belt buckle that only the viewers will understand. Um, it's a limited edition from 1984 from Treasure Mountain Gifts in Craigmont, Idaho. So if anybody knows Treasure Mountain Gifts. I have limited edition number 69, nice, of 5,000. So thank you, nice. Sean. And, uh, wow, that's, that's a better that. gift than you could ever ask for. I know. I was kind of like, you know what? I don't really do belt buckles, but like this guy might have to make an appearance. Uh, anyways, closing the bar. Time for the best trip band. No, it's time for Colby Cuff to play us out with the Moscow oh. Drinking Toss song, Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. So raise your glass and have a drink with me Here's to the vandals and the craft I'll just out there living the dream Part of one and only Moscow drinking team